And we're going to continue our study in the book of Romans and beginning in 18. We're going to read through verse 30 today. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation awaits with, waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. Let's pray together. God, again, we humbly come before You asking for Your wisdom and Your insight. God, asking You to, uh, to give us ears to hear, to give us minds and hearts to understand. Um, and God, to give us Your grace that we might truly uh, experience You today through Your Word in such a way that we're transformed, that we're not just looking in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what we look like today but that we take a deep look into uh, to Your Word and see uh, all that you're, you're, you're changing and transforming in us because You love us. Uh, and so help us today and move with power uh, through Your Word and Your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. And we are um, continuing in our, our study of the book of Romans. And we've talked about how once we've gotten to chapter 8, in the book of Romans, it's like we've been climbing a mountain and, um, and we are at the top of that mountain taking in this, uh, this view of all that God is and, and all that God is, has done in His Son, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and it's an amazing experience. And I noticed I have some friends that I knew back in the Big Bend days, back when we lived near Big Bend National Park. And, uh, and one, of those, uh, one of the times with some teenagers... And we decided to hike to Santiago Peak in around Big Bend National Park. It's actually on private land, but we did have permission. Um, and so we, uh, first time we tried to hike it, we got about halfway there because there's no trail. It's just rugged, rugged country. 
Um, and, uh, and I actually had my dog with me and, and my dog, once we got halfway, he could not go anymore. So I ended up carrying my dog back down the mountain, which was really hard. And, uh, and then we waited a few months and we tried it again. And eventually we got to the top of Santiago peak. And, uh, and what's really neat about that particular mountain is, is, is it's kind of flat on top. And so you can walk all the way around it and, uh, and you get a different view everywhere you go. Uh, you see all these amazing views of, of that Big Bend country in far west Texas. And, uh, and, and you can just take it. And that's what Romans 8 is like. Uh, we need to realize and, and take it you know, verse by verse and section by section and really soak in all these different views that, 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 that Paul is, is sharing with us and is teaching us. Um, and, and, uh, and so as we come to this passage, it's about the future glory that we have for us. And, uh, and it's about the struggles that we endure uh, while we're taking in this amazing view of who God is. Yet we still have suffering, as Bill shared during our scripture reading. We still struggle. We, uh, we still have that groaning Paul talks about um, in this passage. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, that groaning, uh, you know, going from that groaning to glory. That even on the, the greatest hike and even on the greatest mountain peak in the world, you know that while you're experiencing that beauty, there's people everywhere that are suffering and, and struggling and, and there's still hardships going on in this world and so we can struggle to to balance that and to keep our eyes on what God is doing versus what we're feeling uh, or the tragedies around us or whatever might uh, be going on and uh, and so the first point if you're following along in the sermon notes the highlights will or the highlighted words you can fill in the blanks Um, but uh, but we start off with saying when the groaning starts Uh, And whatever causes it for you, whether it's past grief, whether it's traumatic experiences, whether it's just uh, the struggles of life. But whenever whatever starts that groaning in you, it's time to consider the glory that is to be revealed. Um, And so groaning is just, you know, it's it's you don't have words for what you're feeling anymore. And there's really no one that can help you with it. Uh, because you don't even know how to talk about it, maybe. It's just this deep struggle within you, this deep struggle that's taken place. And in those times, it's time to stop and think about what God is doing in the future. The promise of God, the hope that we have that is only found in Jesus Christ alone. Um, and, and there's nowhere else to turn. And it, it doesn't mean that you're going to automatically feel better. But you just have to continue to hope in God and put your trust in Him and, 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 and put your mind there where uh, what we know everything that Jesus teaches us and, and tells us about the hope that we have by putting our trust in Him. Uh, and so that groaning is there for a purpose. And that purpose is to lead us to trust in God, to put all of our hope in God. So he says, verse 18, I consider... The sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So believers who have put their hope and their trust in Jesus Christ are going to suffer. Jesus said, and Paul shows us, and uh, it's everywhere in the Bible, there's going to be suffering. Um, and, uh, and, but it's not worth comparing to the presence of God to the glory that is to be revealed to us for the hope that we have in Christ and in God. And so we've got to believe that. 
as strongly as that groaning takes place in our lives, our belief and trust in God and His Word have to be even stronger. It has to be even deeper within us that I believe this truth. And so when he says I consider, it doesn't just mean he looks at it and he walks away and kind of like a quick fix type thing. But it's like he's in a wrestling match. He, he's taking, he's meditating on this truth. He's hanging on to God and believing what God has said. And he knows that in the midst of this suffering, and for, for Paul, it was all kinds of things. Shipwreck, being, uh, you know, being stoned, uh, uh, people just throwing rocks at him until he was dead, almost dead. And uh, all these different struggles that he went through, none of it compared to the glory that was to what he hoped and believed in God. What he knew about God. And so that groaning is going to continue for us as well. As believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to have those periods of time whether they be days or months or even years, where we've got to consider uh, what God has done. We've got to spend time meditating on the truths that we believe. Our belief in God has to be deeper and stronger than our feelings, or else we're going to go back to what we used to do. We're going to go back to what the world does. We're going to accept their solutions, even though we know they're not going to help very long. Unless our, our roots are deep in Christ, unless He is the foundation we build our life on, right? then, then when that takes place, we're, we know that it might be tempting to go to the world, but it's not better than what I have in God. And I'm going to groan. I would rather stay here and struggle and believe and hope in Him than go back to that life. Then go back to what the world has to offer. And so Paul begins to talk about Three different things that are groaning, that are in the midst of this struggle because of sin's curse on the world, because we fell into sin. Uh, there's three things that are groaning, he says in Romans 18. And first of all, it's uh, the, the creation. God's creation is groaning and longing to be set free from the bondage of sin's curse. Uh, and so there's lots of neat things about that. A lot of people talk about Mother Nature. And how Mother Nature, that's kind of the, the term that's often used uh, in, uh, in the secular world that talk about this creation as a living, breathing thing. Well, the Bible believes it's a living, breathing thing as well. Uh, and it's described all throughout the Bible as, as a living, but it's God's creation. It doesn't need to be some Mother Nature thing. God spoke it into existence. It lives because God brought it uh, together. And so all of God's creation is groaning and longing to be set free from the bondage of sin's curse. And you see that all over the world. What blesses us as humans, like vehicles, right, is, is killing a lot of animals, right? You see them as you go down the highway. All, this year, all the poor skunks. I don't know why the skunks decided to all die on the highways, but for some reason, this year has been a good year for that. And so though vehicles bless our lives and they've changed the world, Right? A lot of skunks are dying. Doesn't that make y'all sad? <laughs> Creation is groaning and longing to be set free from that type of deal. What blesses us hurts God's creation a lot of times. Uh, and, uh, and so there's always that struggle and it goes back to that sin's curse. That we turned away from God. And, uh, and so creation is groaning and longing to be set free. 
right? Not just from pollution, not just from uh, whatever else that mankind does to, to, to God's creation, but from sin's curse, from what sin has brought to creation. And so God is going to make all things new. God is going to restore this earth. And we're going to live on this earth for eternity, and, and, but it's going to be new, right? It's going to be what God meant it to be. Uh, but right now, creation is in the midst of that struggle and that groan. Uh, our next point, and we see that in verses 19 through 22, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So God has done this in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Uh, and so just like uh, having a child is so painful, I've heard, and, uh, and, and a great struggle, but the hope of that child coming into the world makes it all worth it. Uh, makes it all worth it. And so that's what we're going through, uh, in, in, you know, where we're at in, uh, in history right now, where we're at in God's story right now, is that we're going through a time of groaning, a time of struggle. Uh, a time where our faith is tested every day and we've got to choose every day uh, to trust in God, to believe in what God has said. So our next point today is not only is creation groaning, but believers are groaning inwardly as we await the fulfillment of God's promises. Believers groan patiently waiting for God's hope to be fulfilled. Uh, and so as followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to struggle uh, with that. And sometimes the struggle is because of, of things that we might have done or mistakes we might have made. But what Paul's talking about here is deeper than just, uh, I wish I hadn't messed up. But it's just, I don't even know what's wrong. I just know that I long for more. I long for God to move. I long uh, for things to take place. As Ruth Ann said on Sunday night, that come, you know, when is Jesus coming? Uh, she was talking about that longing, right? She wants Jesus Christ to come back and to make all things new. And so we know we have all this that we believe and that we hope, and yet all our struggles are real too. All the, all the suffering around us is real too. All the people that continually make bad choices over and over again and all the, the problem that causes in our lives when we walk away from God or, uh, or we reject the sound counsel of God's Word and all the, uh, the, the curse that brings on our lives, it's real and it hurts. And, and so we have this inward struggle because we know what God has planned for us. Right? It's like when you're at the bottom of the mountain and you want to get to the top, but you know how hard it's going to be to get to the top of that mountain. And you're like, is it really worth it? But if you ever endure the hike and you get to the top, you're always like, thank God I did this. How awesome is this? And so that's where we're at. We're at the bottom of the mountain, but we know what God's doing in heaven. We know what God has done in Jesus Christ. We know what Jesus promises for the future. And so we've got to keep climbing toward Him. We've got to keep believing in Him. Keep our hope. But as we do that, we have to do it patiently. 
And that's one of our greatest struggles. And one of the things that probably has caused the most problems in your life and in my life is impatience. I want it now. I don't want to wait. Uh, and, uh, and that's one of the great things that refines us and molds us is waiting, is trusting in God. So we're going to groan and we've got to learn to do that patiently and to be still and to know that He is God and that He knows what He's doing. And so verses 23 through 25, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope, we, for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Wait for it with patience. So creation is groaning. Believers are groaning. And the Holy Spirit is groaning and helping believers in, in their weakness. So the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And part of what the Holy Spirit does is, is that groaning. Uh, that... Uh, that you know, struggle as, as, as He strives to, to help us in our weakness. Uh, the Holy Spirit not only is doing that, but He's interceding with groanings that are too deep for words. And so sometimes when you're struggling and you don't even know what's how to pray or what to pray, you just get before your, you know, just get on your knees before God, before the Holy Spirit and let Him pray for you. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Um, yeah, just, you know, part of prayer is, is, you know, saying nothing, being silent before God, saying, I'm here. I need you. Uh, help me, right? Or, or help uh, someone that's struggling right now or whatever that is. But the Holy Spirit, we're not alone when we groan and we struggle, we're not alone when we pray and we intercede before God. The Holy Spirit is there praying for us in words that are, I mean, in, in groanings that are too deep for words. Uh, and so, so you've been there where you just don't even have the words to explain what you're going through. And the Holy Spirit is there with you in the midst of that groaning. The Holy Spirit is groaning in prayer and the Holy Spirit's heart is to empower us to pray according to the will of God. And that's a hard thing. It's a lot easier to pray according to my own will. God, give me this. Uh, God, give me that. And, uh, and I need it and give it to me now. Uh, right? And, and that's easy to pray that way. But to pray, God, your will be done. Even if it means my loved one passes or even if it means I lose this job or even if it means whatever, that person doesn't like me anymore uh, or the government comes against me and puts me in prison or whatever it means, God, your will be done. And that is a, that is a whole other life. That's a whole other level of following Jesus Christ. And He, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's where we see that in the greatest light is that Jesus saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. And so that's the Holy Spirit's groan is to empower us to pray more deeply, to pray according to God's will. What 
whatever that is, whatever that means, let God's will be done in our lives. And so verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Amen? Isn't that an awesome verse? Whatever you feel weak, the Holy Spirit is there helping you. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. A lot of times we think we're praying like we should, but we don't even know what we're doing. And that's okay because the Holy Spirit is there to intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So a lot of times what I'm praying for isn't God's will, but the Holy Spirit is working. And, and He's praying according to God's will for me. And He is helping me understand that what I want is not what I'm going to get. And it's going to be okay. It's actually going to be better than okay if I'll trust in God's will and give up on what I think I need. And so the creation is groaning. Believers in Jesus Christ, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation in this world, but I've overcome the world. But that tribulation is going to cause us to go through groanings and struggles and hardships. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit is even groaning in prayer for us, in intercession for us. And so when that groaning starts, it's crucial for believers to remember that God is at work. He is at work and He is working all things to good. So when you hear those big words about predestination and justification, and we've talked about those in, in, uh, in, in foreknowledge and all these words, it, the heart of it is God knows what He's doing. He's got a plan for your life. If you'll give your heart over to Him, uh, you'll discover who He truly is. You'll be justified in His sight. Uh, all your sin forgiven, made right with Him. And in our sin, we're wrong. We're wrong and, and we're, not, we're enemies of God. But when we repent of that sin and trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord and receive the Holy Spirit, we're made to be in a right relationship with God. And so we've got to consider that. When the groaning starts, it's time to, to, uh, to remember all that God is doing and that He's going to work all things to good for you. That's a tough verse to believe. How does God take things like the coronavirus or tornadoes that hit Tennessee and how does all that work together for good? That takes belief. That takes believing in what I don't see and in trusting in Him and knowing that He has a plan and that He, that he knows what is going on and what is happening. And so do you truly believe that? Have you thought about it long enough and remembered and known God well enough to know that He is working all things to good for those that believe, for those that are called uh, according to His purpose? When the groaning starts, believers need to know it's time to consider God's calling on their life. God's call is for His purpose. And He has a plan in motion that can't be stopped. And, and, uh, and so God's call. So consider that again, that word consider isn't just, oh, okay. And then think about it, set your mind on it, work at thinking about what is God, what is his calling on my life? Because God has a calling on your life and you can run from it like Jonah, but eventually he's going to catch you. 
And so you better repent of it and, and, and turn to Him. And, and what is that calling on my life? It's not for your purposes. It's greater than you. Right? It's greater than what you think you need and what you think you want. And so if you just want God to call you according to your purpose, you're just trying to use God for your own sinful benefit and it's not going to work out well. Uh, and things aren't going to be what they should be. But if you realize that God has a call on your life for His purpose, and that He has a plan in motion, His plan's going forward with or without you. And so let us humble ourselves before Him and consider that. And so that's Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, we're only going to love God when we repent of our sin and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. But when that love of God is born into our life through the power of God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, He has a calling on your life for His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. So God knew you and knit you together in your mother's womb and He has a plan for your life from before you even knew how to speak or walk or think or anything. And that purpose and plan that God predestined us for is to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers, that we would be born again according to the plan of God. And those whom, he for, uh, those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. God has a calling on our life for His purpose. And He does it all. He does the calling. He does the justifying. He does the drawing us to Him and, and, uh, and, and we've just got to humble ourselves before Him and trust in Him for all these things. So followers of Jesus must remember the groaning leads to glory. The groaning that we endure and you're going to have it and I'm going to continue to struggle with it and it's a part of, of growing up in Christ. It's a part of knowing God and living in this world but it leads to glory. And so however deep that groaning is for us, we've got to get our belief and our faith and our trust in God even deeper. And, uh, and we've, got to, we've got to trust Him with everything that we have, love Him with all of our heart and all of our soul. And the glory is going to be so great, we're going to get to that place where it's worth every bit of the groaning. Every bit of it. Whatever it takes. And so I just want to challenge you and close with this last question. Has a groaning for the greater things of God taken place in your life? When we're in sin, or we're even in religion, there's not really much of a groaning, because it's all about us. And if we have a groaning, we just go satisfied in the world somewhere. There's nothing deeper. The world has everything we really, really need or want. But when God calls us to salvation... We begin to have a groaning in our heart. It's different. Because God put it there. And it's a drawing us to Him to be saved. And so do you have that greater? Do you have that groaning in your life for the greater things of God? I want to know Him. I want to know my calling. I want to know what He's, what He's leading me to do in this world. 
And I want to be faithful to Him. And I'm sick of what the world offers. I want something greater. And I want to find that greatness in God. And so it might be that God's Word is moving in a way to call you to salvation today. That you've kind of beginning to wake up and realize there's more to life than what this world has to offer. And we encourage you, the first step toward God today is admit you're a sinner. Realize that your ways are not His ways. Your thoughts are not His thoughts. And something's got to change. And you want it to change now. And then it's to, 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 to turn. To repent is to turn away from however you're living or however you're thinking in the sinful ways and the sinful flesh and turn to salvation in Jesus Christ. Believing that God sent His Son into this world. And His Son died on the cross for our sins. And God raised Him from the dead so that we might have faith. So that we might have power to repent of our sin and turn to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. So you've got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then you've got to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So the first prayer starts in your own heart. God, forgive me. I give my life to you today. I repent of my sin today. I turn to you today. And I believe and then the confession takes place publicly where you stand up and say, today's the day I've given my life to Jesus Christ. And so as we close with this song today, singing about the good, good Father, we want to encourage you, if you know God's drawing you to salvation today, don't wait. Come down today, or if you're a believer today and you need help when prayer for something that's going on in your life, come forward today and let us pray with you in this time of invitation. Let's pray. God, again, we praise You for Your Word today. And we ask You to move in this place as we close. And if there's anyone here that's lost and needs salvation, if there are believers here that need comfort and hope, help us in this time of invitation to open our hearts to You and to let You move. Thank You for the hope that we have in You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.